Hey, it's Deacon here. I'm hosting a new workshop called Hiring Secrets to help you find the right people who will take your business to the next level. Join me live on April 6th, and I'll show you my biggest secrets and tools to building a high-performance team. Get all the details at deaconbradley.com, click the Hiring Secrets link in the menu, or check today's show notes for all the links you need. Now, let's get back to the podcast. When you're a founder and CEO, you're often the one with all of the great ideas. But those same ideas can actually drive your team absolutely crazy. So what are you supposed to do with them all? Hello and welcome to the Sharp Business Growth Podcast, the show for founders and CEOs who want to get out of the day-to-day weeds back into growth mode. I'm your host, Deacon Bradley, coming to you from Austin, Texas today. Beautiful weather here. I'm about to get out and enjoy some of that weather uh, with my two boys after I finish this and fitting episode because I love to talk about getting business leaders out of the day-to-day so that they can do more stuff like go out and play on a Friday with their kids. So I was at a mastermind this week and the mastermind was filled with, with mostly online businesses, lots of CEOs, lots of COOs there, and they were just free flowing questions. And one of the questions that they shared today is something that I want to talk about on the show because I've seen this go wrong so many times and I was so excited to hear a CEO come to the table with enough clarity to ask this question and look at the problem and recognize the problem. And we ended up having a really good discussion. And I think what was fun was the solution was completely different than what he was expecting. And and really what what's that's all about, what I'm talking to you guys about is what to do with all of your crazy ideas when you're the visionary leader of the business. And here's essentially the problem. When you, you're the one who has these ideas, right? Like you had enough of an idea to get the business going. You created something out of nothing. Like that's an incredible skill. It's an incredible gift to the world. Fast forward a few years, you've got a, you know, five people on your team, 10 people, 20 people, however big that team size is, you're still the same person who has those ideas, who knows how to start things, who spots opportunities and wants to capitalize on them. But as your team grows, that can really become a distraction for your team. And there's kind of a few different ways that I see this play out. So as you share your ideas, like, hey, I've got this new thing. Here's something we could be doing. I thought of this last night. I heard somebody else doing this. As you're sharing these things, your team can kind of respond in in a few different ways. The first one is when your team really wants to please you and they want to advance the business, they believe in it, they believe in you, they scramble to add it to the top of their stack. Now, most businesses operating at your size are completely maxed out anyway. And so the team members picking this stuff up, adding it to their plate, they were already full. And now now they're like, all right, well, this is a great idea. Founder CEO, I really respect, has brought this to the table. I am going to make this happen. This could be huge for our business. And so they happily do it. But this doesn't just happen once, right? It happens over and over and over. And so that stack just grows and grows and grows. Down the road, the other way that this can go is they resent the distraction. 
And the where the resentment comes from is is usually down the road after they have been scrambling to pull this thing off or work on it or work on it in the margins and 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 just you know figure out how to get this thing done. Sometimes, tell me if you've ever been guilty of this. You, the CEO who had the great idea in the first place, have kind of forgotten about it. You're on to the next idea. It's no longer the most important thing. And and by that time, you've had a new thing. And now that's on the top of the stack. And that cycle is what can sometimes create that resentment reaction in your team. And so this process can just continue and continue. And, And this is essentially the story that this CEO was telling me in a mastermind this week was, hey, I have been in that scenario before. He had been the team member and the CEO that he worked for was bringing these ideas and it created this cycle that I just described. Same cycle has played out in tons of businesses. So he's now in the CEO chair and he's coming to the table saying, hey, I have seen this. How do I avoid it? And I thought that was a really smart question. So first, before I share the solution that I shared with him on that call, let me share the three most common bad solutions that I see here. These are the three ways that most people try to solve it, That I and I don't recommend any of these. <laughs> I couldn't be more clear that I don't recommend these. The first one I see online all the time, if you're looking at like job applications or, or just kind of out in the world, and that is just describe your company as quote unquote fast pace or, hey, we work hard, play hard. Uh, that is, I don't know that they think it's a solution to the problem so much as it's just like, hey, well, that's what it's like to work here. I got ideas. I'm going to throw them on the heap. You're going to work on the ideas. And that's just what it is. We are fast paced. Uh, We work hard, play hard. I don't like that solution. I don't think any teams actually like that solution either, except for the that small minority of people who actually thrive in chaos. And uh, that's not really who you want running your business anyway. The problem here, if I were to underline one problem that results in this fast play, fast paced, work hard, play hard attitude about this, this problem is it creates an unfocused culture. You're rowing full speed ahead. You have no rudder and you're just like, Hey, it is what it is. This is, this is life. We're just going to keep rowing and changing directions and I'm rowing and there's no rudder to guide this ship, but Hey, we're fast paced. So Deal with it if you want to live here, right? That is bad solution number one. Bad solution number two is just acknowledge, hey, I'm a C- I'm, I'm the CEO, I'm the leader. I realize I have a lot of great ideas. I realize I have a lot of new ideas. And now is not the time, right time to do all of them. But I can't stop myself. I can't turn my brain off. So when I share these ideas, you guys just go on about your business. This is a... a What I like about this is that it shows empathy and self-awareness. And one of the most important characteristics of leadership is self-awareness. And so if you're coming to the table saying, hey, I realize I'm causing some distractions in the team. Here's your permission to ignore me. I I think that leader is going to succeed because they have the self-awareness quality. Now, let's just adjust your approach a little bit when we get to the solution. So what problem does that create? Because it sounds like a really nice way to approach the situation, right? The problem is that this creates a culture where your team is no longer clear on what to ignore and what not to ignore. Because you have a lot of ideas, but there will be a time 
when, say, a pandemic comes out of nowhere and shuts the world down that you have to change. And that's an extreme example, but that ha- that exact scenario played itself out in all kinds of businesses over the last you know couple of years. And suddenly you had to pivot and you had to act on new ideas. And we depended on you, the visionary CEO, to have those new ideas and new visions and, new op- and spot the new opportunities. Now, if you have created this culture of don't worry about me. I just have a lot of ideas. Keep doing what you're doing. It is no longer super clear how to proceed. And when there is confusion, people will either do what they're comfortable with or they'll do nothing. But in either case, it is costing you some opportunity. It's costing you time and it's, and it's adding friction to the team. So I don't recommend this solution either. Now, bad solution number three. And this is the one where the CEO that I was talking to who was aware of the problem was, this is a solution he was following. Let me just suppress the ideas. I'm just going to turn it off. I'm not going to share them. The reason I don't like that is, yeah, it, it eliminate it sidesteps those other two problems that I shared. But what I don't like is that this is now taking you, the founder and CEO, arguably the most important member of the team, like you're the leader, you have the vision, you own the vision, you cultivate the vision, you're why the thing exists. Now you're asking yourself to be somebody you're not. You know, just turn off your ideas. Turn off, ignore the thing that got you here. And that's what I don't really like about that scenario. All right, so I shared three solutions that I do not recommend. I probably shouldn't call them solutions. It's a little misleading. Let me share the actual solution. This is what I recommended. This is what I have experienced as a COO, as a CEO, and I have seen this work really well, and it plays so well into just how a business is well run anyway. There's four steps to this. This is what I walked this guy through during this mastermind call. Here's how I would approach this. Step number one, clarify the vision and mission of the business. If you're sitting in the CEO seat, you're sitting in the founder seat, this is basically your number one job. You are the leader. You know what you are building. You know why you're building it. You know who you serve. Your job as that leader is to stand up, point to the horizon, and tell your team, this is the direction we are going. We are climbing that hill there. It's the hill in the middle, not the hill on the left or the hill on the right. It's the closest hill. Like That's the hill that we're climbing. You are the leader pointing to the horizon saying, This is where we are going as a team. That is step one. If you can do that, fantastic. You have cleared that hurdle. Step number two is make sure your team is crystal clear on that as well. You see those hills over there? We're going up the one in the middle, not the left, not the right. Do they understand that? Because they need to. If they can't, then you have some clarifying to do. So the first two steps of this, you've heard Justice and I talk about this Probably several times at this point, because so many things depend on vision and mission and having absolute clarity there. This situation is no different. If you've done your homework, you have those things done already. The third ingredient here is to clarify roles on the team. And this is where things often get a little fuzzier, especially if you're coming from that culture of fast paced, like, oh, we're just fast paced. That's why we didn't bother to define anything. We're just moving too fast to define it. Um, You have to clarify the roles on the field. 
This guy's the left tackle. He's blocking the quarterback's blind side. This is the tight end. Sometimes he blocks, sometimes he goes out for a pass, but it's really clear where he lines up so that you don't get penalties, so that you don't get tackled when you're not expecting it. Those roles need to have definitions, even if they're a little bit loosey-goosey, like a tight end, for example, if you are a football fan, I hope. But your team needs to be super clear on those. What that means is that when you have ideas, it will be clear who would be responsible for those ideas and just as importantly, who would not be responsible for ideas. Now that all of those things are are there, everyone understands their roles and they understand the vision, the mission. They understand because they know their roles, they know where they fit into that vision and mission, what their job is on the way to climbing that hill. That is the foundation that allows this company to function at a high level. The last step here is where we're finally getting into some process stuff. And the process is essentially this. This is You can model this from the book Traction with Entrepreneur OS. Uh, 12-week year talks about this kind of stuff. This is really just what I consider like a pretty basic standard goal-setting, goal-achievement framework. First ingredient is, hey, where are we going to be in three years from now? What does that vision look like? Where are we going to be one year from now? What are the numbers that are going to, like, what is our business going to look like one year from now on the way to that vision? And then most importantly, next quarter, the next three months of the year, what do we need to put in place to get to that one-year goal? Now, this stuff happens in a quarterly meeting environment, okay? So in that meeting, you need to bring the important members of your team, a representative selection of your team. I probably shouldn't have said important there. Everybody's important. I'm thinking leadership level, people who either manage other people or people who control an entire department or domain themselves. Okay. So this would be your direct reports. Essentially, you guys get together in a meeting and you, you lay out the three-year vision You collectively set the one-year goal, and I say collectively because your team needs buy-in here. They need to know these goals need to be realistic, and they need to be on board with that. And then as a team, because you have brought each kind of representative department to that meeting, you can say, all right, your next quarter rocks. Here's what you do. Here are the things that we're agreeing to. Now that that process is done, we are essentially leaving the meeting and saying, all right, we know what we're doing next quarter. This is, this is That's where we are at this point. Now, let's get back to you, the CEO visionary idea guy who has a million great ideas every week. I, I know it. I love it. I respect it. When you bring these ideas forth, because you have been through this intentional planning process, your team is now crystal clear about where they're going and what they need to accomplish in the next three months. And then if you follow this process really closely. There are measurable things there. There is reporting back. There's accountability there. And if you start bringing things to the table and saying, you know, hey, Justice, I now need you to do this thing, and it's going to derail you from your goals, and there is accountability in that culture, Justice is going to be like, I that's, that, that's not going to get me up the hill faster. I'm actually supposed to focus on these things the next three months. So essentially, by aligning on goals, you have given permission to your team. Justice now has permission to push back on that, to set it aside, to ignore it, whatever it is. Whatever his response, it's not super important because justice is focused on the accountability 
on his rocks that are going to get us closer to climbing that hill in the middle from the metaphor earlier. So any other ideas you have, you can keep being the idea have the the idea guy, right? You can keep being the, the visionary CEO. That's who you are. Those just go in the hopper. And then at the next quarterly meeting, you can get, get, get all those back out and make an intentional decision. Here's what we're focusing on the next three months. The benefits to this solution is first and foremost, you continue to be the visionary. It is your gift. It is what you do best. Please do not stop being you to especially not to try to solve a problem. So you get to keep being that visionary. The second benefit, your team remains focused on the next step, no matter how great your next idea is. Your next idea is not so good that it cannot wait two months to be talked about. And if it is, then call an emergency meeting, whatever it is. But your team can keep being focused on the things that are going to move you forward that next quarter. And here's the other benefit. Your team can now even enjoy the ideas. Like ideas are fun. The only time they become not fun for your team is when they have ambiguous work tied to them and expectations that haven't been said out loud. And then you're stuck wondering if you're going to disappoint somebody or have too much work to do, or that's when it gets ambiguous. But because you have set up this system, everybody knows that this quarter they're accountable for these nine things or whatever the number is. Anything outside of that is just to talk about for fun at a, at the bar or trips or Slack or whatever. So now your team can actually enjoy the ideas because they know this isn't going to turn into some extra work thing on the side. Like I guarantee you they're giving all of your ideas, the side eye thinking I have to do this too. How hard is that going to be? So this, this process, because we're putting rigor around it, will free them to actually enjoy those things. And then every quarter, you get to come together as a group, look at your vision and mission again. Where do you want to be in three years? Where do you want to be in one year? And what next steps do you take in the next quarter to move you closer to that? That is how you get freedom. That is how you get alignment in your strengths and in your team's strengths, all aligned with the business vision mission. There you go. If you're a founder or CEO and you're listening to this, you have a team of between three and 30 people and you want to get yourself out of the day-to-day weeds and get your business back into growth mode, then I can help you. Head over to sharpbusinessgrowth.com, click on Let's Talk and tell me about your business. We'll set up a time to chat. I'm on a mission to help business leaders bring their vision to life. That is how I make the world a better place. And I do that by freeing you, the founder and CEO, from the day-to-day operations so that you can get back to building. You are the one with the ideas. You're the one with the vision. People like me can help free you up to do more of that. And when we do that, man, when we succeed at that, that is fun because your ideas, they're good. Uh, Some percentage of them anyway. (laughs) You can find me uh, at sharpbusinessgrowth.com. If this sounds like you, then I want to talk. Thanks for joining today.